chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Ha! Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of The Insiders. I am live, alive, and well in Manhattan, Kansas, where I'm bathing in the glow of my AT&T fiber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we had some issues a strongly worded letter at, in the hotel in Vegas. I did, actually. A uh, strongly worded note to the front desk, um, sure. which they didn't respond to. So that'll be followed up by another strongly worded uh, email this time. Um, yeah, that was a, an adventure. And here's the worst part. I didn't know you guys were still live. So about after, I don't know, 10 minutes of trying to figure out how to do this and how to get on my hotspot, was, I was too high for it to connect. I said, screw it. And I think, oh, it's still running. My one of my cameras running with this, and so I turned it off, not knowing you guys were going on without me, <laughs> like a good team, like a we good did. team. We did. You went down, and we said, "Hey, it was a next man up mentality on the insiders." And and there was just a hole on the screen to represent my knowledge that I contribute <laughs> to this show every week. Um, I, I want to apologize in advance for this week's trouble. If I sound like your aunt Jean, who smoked two packs a day for eighty years. Uh, I'm getting a cold, and if I uh, mute my mic, I'm coughing. But the over-under on me forgetting to unmute my mic is at two and a half. Please place your bets before the show gets fully rolling. (laughs) Tim Fitzgerald, our football analyst, one of them here at Go Powercat, Brian Hanley. On the bottom shelf here, not not saying anything in particular there by bottom (laughs) shelf, Tim Everson. Uh, who just wrapped up another edition of the Manhattan Mercury, and he's chugging vodka out of a water bottle. <laughs> so proud of him. I'm Correct. so proud of him. And Glenn Kinley, who does nothing wrong. Never. Yeah. His hair always looks nice. It's funny. When we go outside and try to uh, videotape stuff after a press conference, it's too windy for my hair, but it's not for Glenn's. <laughs> it just loads of hairspray. Is science real? I just load it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, Kansas State absolutely rolls against a Baylor team that uh, two years ago seemed to have Chris Kleiman's number. Chris Kleiman hadn't beaten them until he stomped on them last year in uh, Waco, and they came back this year and, and did it again with a bigger margin of victory but a very weird game because there was a lot of points scored. Um, Brian, as we start, typically give me your thoughts on that game. A, a really nice bounce-back win for the Wildcats. It was. Good bounce back win. Uh, I thought it would be. Uh, I, I didn't know that they would score as many points, but I, I just thought, and, and when I say they, I mean Baylor. I yeah. didn't think Baylor would get as many points, but I also think it was more of a, okay, we got this one in the bag. 
there were some backups that were also in the game later. Um, look, I've been one of those guys when the, when the score is out of reach, uh, and the game is over, you, you coaches will get mad at you for not necessarily giving it a hundred percent, but Hey man, we're, we're brother-in-law. We're, we're, we call it in sometimes. So K-State had this one in the bag. Uh, I thought it was a good football game for them to bounce back. Uh, and it was good. Like I said, emotionally, because we have really mature football players, really mature leaders. They didn't let last week beat us this week. So thought it was just a great overall football game. Yeah, Tim, they came out firing on all cylinders, went down the field, scored again, but then Baylor answered with a score. K-State answered, and then uh, Stufflebean turned this game upside down with a beautiful sack force fumble uh, that was a picked up and ran in. For the Wildcats, it all seemed to change right there, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, everyone got involved. Um, even even special teams got involved, kind of, both, both positively and, and, and negatively, but... Uh, uh, it was just another dominant, just absolute thrashing of a team at home. I mean, this yeah. team, uh, this team would probably beat the '85 Bears if they played them in in, in Manhattan. Uh, they're just they're they're they they get so locked in, um, which is a little worrisome for for what's about to come up. But we'll uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. In, in fairness, to the '85 Bears; those guys are all over sixty now. I, I, I think I could take them. <laughs> I th- they probably have for sure. Hey, in Chicago, the Bears still might. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Uh, Glenn, it was uh, it was an impressive outing for K State. They are yeah. they they have scored over forty points every home game this season, and they just yeah took it up another notch. Yeah, they've outscored opponents two hundred and seventy two to seventy two, so a two hundred point differential in their home games. They're undefeated at home, of course. They good teams beat bad teams. Baylor's we know Baylor's not very good, but you got to take care of them. And Kansas State. Uh, has to have about as good of a three-loss resume as you can have because all of their wins have been, I would say, dominant. The closer ones of the two are Texas and UCF. If They're close technically as UCF, but if you watch that game, you know that it, it wasn't close. Right. It looked close. The, the score made it look closer, but it wasn't close. Um, all of their wins have been dominant, I would say, um, and all of their losses have been very close. And so – uh, they are really, really good at home. They have to go on the road this week, and they've been a different team on the road. Uh, they lost to Missouri. They, they all, their, all three of their losses have come on the road, and then Texas Tech really was a close game until about the fourth quarter, probably. Um, so we're gonna see if they can uh, if they can get it on the road. But but Kansas State at home has been just unbelievably good. I can't. I you guys have been covering Kansas State for longer than me. I can't recall a time when they were. You know, we we saw it last year. We saw Oklahoma State like that. They they beat up on them, but it's been every game, which is just yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Well, well, Brian, a part of it is let's be blunt here. The competition that has come to Manhattan hasn't been the best the Big Twelve has yeah. to offer. Mm-hmm. But with that said, K State has indeed taken care of business, and they also typically take care of business in Lawrence. Um, I'm not going to call it the Bill East. I mean it, but they just go in there and and typically flourish it's kansas state and kansas 6 p.m on uh saturday night in lawrence uh, i just feel like this isn't the place where k-state's gonna have a road letdown they never have no no i don't think so either i because again there's some implications to winning the football game i mean bragging rights obviously that's number one number two there's still a possibility for a big 12 title. I mean, we'll get into, I know we'll get into that later, but you know, there's things to still play for. So 
going on the road and having a big letdown in Kansas, number one, you're right, Fitz. It's just not something that I've ever seen. I mean, they're Ron Prince years, but we don't we don't count those. Yeah, those are uh, asterisk. Yeah, exactly. So, but other than that, they go on the road to, to Lawrence and play well. They play well. So I don't expect anything other than that on Saturday. At Kansas State, we don't count uh, pandemic years, whether the pandemic was COVID-19 or Ron Prince. Because <laughs> Prince fever turned out to be a really dangerous situation. Uh, Tim, backpedaling a little bit to last Saturday, um, and we need to we need to cover this as much as possible. Will Howard. Yeah. This kid has been on a journey. Mm-hmm. He's been on a journey of his own making in some ways. Um, of circumstance most ways and of fans in other ways in circumstance decided he had to play as a true freshman at Kansas state university in the midst of a pandemic and honestly not look very good. And everyone, not everyone, a lot of people quickly decided this guy can't play based on that. Well, we were all wrong that might've thought that Uh, he did have some trials and tribulations along the way, but he kept stepping in when other quarterbacks got injured and he almost lost his job this year to the backup quarterback, but he asserted himself, didn't he? This has been amazing what he's done since the debacle at Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's fascinating. His his career has taken so many turns. It, it'll, it'll be super interesting kind of how, how he's looked at 10, 15 years from now. I feel like fans are probably still – too close to things and right. have, have too many too many feelings too many things going on but for me you know you know is he the, the toughest quarterback to ever play i mean i know colin colin had all of his you know gutting it through injury and 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 and, and fighting his way to a big 12 title but you know four years of mm-hmm. of, of all of, of, of what will has had to go through is incredible and for him to have the amount of success that he's had in these last two years, yeah, um, just kind of shows it shows his character, it shows his resilience, his toughness, all 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 things that that Coach Kleiman said after the game. Uh, and the crazy thing is, he's not done. He, you know, there are still a couple records up for grabs that he can still get. I wouldn't bet against him to have a, a five touchdown game. At some point in the next the next couple games, because he's been <laughs> real close a couple times, and yep. I, uh, I don't know. I, I just think that he is one of the more interesting stories to walk through Bill Snyder Family Stadium in, in, if, in quite some time. If Kansas State can solidify itself in the new Big Twelve as kind of the top dog in the football realm, and that happens for years to come, I hope that when we look back at how that began, Will Howard should be front and center. Obviously, Chris Kleiman. And he'll still be here. But but when you look about, okay, how did K-State become a a leader in football in the Big 12 Conference? It's Will Howard is is a massive, massive part of that. And he, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, probably. And, Brian, you played with the, the guy I believe is the greatest quarterback in K-State history. Um, one of the best, I believe, in college football recent history. And Michael Bishop. And Mike only played two years. And, and we'll be honest here. Um, quarterbacks usually get two years at the most at Kansas State. You In the past, you've had to earn your way to get up there and get to play. Uh, but Mike was here out of junior college like yourself. Um, there's no doubt in my mind Mike would own most records uh, if he had been here for Absolutely. 
but still, Will has found a, a way to get it done and get it done his way and did it on a day, ironically, when Mike was honored at Bill Snyder Family Stadium for being voted into the College Football Hall of Fame. But uh, K-State is building a pretty damn good quarterback history, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just think what Will was able to do you know, just think about him coming in as a freshman. He wasn't ready to play, uh, and it was a testament. I don't know if you want to say it's a good testament, but, you know, him having to be the starting quarterback, you know, at such a young age uh, and not being ready, you know, yeah. but he came in, he did the job, and, you know, then the next year he, he came back, and I don't know that he was great when he had to play then either, and people were upset, myself included, and I was hard on him. Uh, I called it like it was. I mean, nothing. it wasn't personal or anything. Yeah. And I don't think anybody was being personal. It was just, hey, what's right. going on here? You know, is this what we got? And then last year, it was just he came in. And I, I and I know fans felt the same way I did. I'm like, oh, my goodness. If he's got to come in, I, I, how's this going to go? And boom, 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 away he went. Uh, absolute 180, and it was absolutely incredible to see. I just couldn't be more happy for the kid on how things have turned out for him. Even having to go through what he went through this year, struggling, having not just fans, uh, you know, people in general. You know, who knows what goes on on campus? Look, I was on that campus. I, I know people talk, you know, and they'll come right up to you too. They don't care. Hey, man. We think Avery should play over you. That happened to Will. I guarantee you that happened to him. And for him to just fight through it and to keep going, I, I just think is just it's a. Uh, to me, that's a great testament to him and what he's able to accomplish. And like you said, Tim, it's not over yet. There's still games to be played. I'd like to point out that I got about 73 emails saying we really like the insiders when you were there. And I'm like, really, <laughs> really, okay. And and only seventy of them were, were from my mom. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's three people. The other out three there. were from my dad. Yeah, <laughs> Glenn was much better without you. Um, thanks for watching the Insiders. We appreciate it. We do it this every week at 1:30, unless we try to go prime time, which didn't work as well as we wanted to. We're just not ready for prime time, guys. <laughs> no. So we'll stick with this 1:30 slot throughout the rest of football season. We'll discuss basketball season later. Um, and we'll figure out what we want to do, but we're going to keep doing something. I know that while you're here, make sure you're subscribing to the website, excuse me, subscribing to the YouTube channel. You need to subscribe to the website too, but in this case, go hit that subscribe right here at YouTube. It is absolutely free and you add to our algorithm and it reaches more and more people hit that thumbs up. If you're having a good time, um, wait until you might want to wait until, uh, Everson takes his shirt off after a cold <laughs> bottle of vodka. <laughs> then the show gets rocking. <laughs> the thumbs up, we're going to roll in then. <laughs> sexual tension is amazing inside the room. And uh, make sure you leave comments because we're going to get to some of these questions over here in the right half of my screen right now. Uh, but Logan has a very good question I'm going to bring in right here because it fits in perfectly. Um, and this is a small uh, bit of organization for me that, should not be taken for granted because this kind of organization will go away. Does Will Howard's name belong in the ring of the K-State greats? Will his name go up on the stadium? Discuss, panel, because mm. I don't think he's there. No. Um, in terms of the bigger picture of of kind of, uh, 
I know he's got a record, and but Josh Freeman isn't up there either, and he broke that his record. Um, who might be considered for that at some point? Ron Prince era, so it kind of works against him. Uh, but um, I think if somehow K-State gets in the Big 12 championship, yeah. K-State wins it again with that's Iron Will making big plays, he's that, going up You beat there. me to it, yeah. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. If, he, if they win another Big 12 championship, I don't know the number. If any of K-State quarterbacks, probably none have, have won two Big 12 championships. Zero. Um, and I, I think that changes everything if they can do that. Um, now, he should be remembered, I think, in a positive way and as a great. But uh, I always – and this is not a knock against Will or anybody else. I, if you ask me, should X player be in the ring of honor, I'm going to say no like a vast majority of the time. I just think it's so much more special yeah. if it is like really – I would rather have guys saying, how did this guy not get in, than have people saying, oh, they're letting this guy, this guy, this guy. And it's kind of the same way with the basketball, the jerseys retire. I think they need to retire a few more jerseys, but I would rather keep it too sacred than not sacred enough. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I love Will, and I'm right there with both of you. Win another Big 12 title? I wouldn't mind if they did it immediately after the season. I, I really wouldn't care. Put them in there right after the season. Because sometimes they wait a, a little bit too long, and I'm biased when it comes to that because I think it was way too long for my man Darren yep. Howard to get in there. Um, yep. But that's just me. I'm just I'm, – I'm really biased when it comes to him. But uh, – but, but, at the same time, without that, it's going to be difficult because, you know, there's, there's some things like, I mean, we're always honest on here. We'll struggle. I mean, he, he struggled. Now he overcame some of that. Uh, and some of it, I don't even think it was his fault. Cause again, playing before you're ready and having to play yeah. that's not, that, that literally wasn't his fault. That that's not his fault. Um, but you know, it is what it is, but, you let some things happen, some good things happen for him. And, you know, and I know we'll get into that because I got a whole bunch to say about the, these tiebreakers. It's absolutely insane. But let's just let it play out. Let's yeah. let it play exactly. out with Will and see what happens. Let it play out. I don't, I don't mean to change the subject too much here. Cooper Beebe, I, I know that's one of the reasons he came back. There's never been an offensive lineman in that ring of honor. Uh, they, that's a guy I will say I think belongs in there. I don't know if you guys disagree or not, but I, I think I think he's got to go in. I agree. And they should also, like, you know, a fighter pilot um, that gets all the marks on the plane. They should put all of his pancakes up with little marks. <laughs> Wait, Good. if he goes in, can they use, like, the photo on the plaque of that Nacho Libre Halloween costume, maybe? No, uh, that's just, it's, it, it, it was erotic. It was too much. <laughs> real, real quick, real quick I'm, I'm going to be the counter here okay. to, to, to you guys. Because while, while I think that, uh, in general, you're correct, and certainly, you know, if K State gets back to the Big Twelve title, and they win. He's he's a shoe in. Um, he very well in the next two games could overtake the record for career touchdown pass for uh, touchdown passes in a season from L. Roberson. Um, has the career mark. Yeah. L is in the Ring of Honor. Both have won a Big Twelve title. Are, are are the careers that much different between? I know that you know L is yes. a more mobile guy. Yes, uh, you could just watch football. L was better than Will is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But you make a really good point, Tim. You definitely make a great point. And, and what's interesting about that is it's <clears throat> kind of the opposite here. Uh, he won the championship in his senior season, thinking that Will doesn't do it this season. Who Will won it in his junior season, but that two thousand and 
two K-State team, a lot of us regard as maybe the second best in school history, uh, even though they don't have the postseason accomplishments. That that group was dominant. And speaking of that group, it's interesting. I think Glenn brought up the scoring thing. I had my my buddy Scott Reynolds, who runs the Pewter Report, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers version of, of what we do, um, pointed out that in 2002, they actually had a higher scoring average than they have right now at home, um, which is impressive because they're well into the 40s this year. Yeah. And and uh, 2012, another Big 12 championship season also rivals this season in terms of scoring average at home. Uh, so there's some similarities going on here with, with that season. But, um, it, you know, in so many ways, quarterbacks uh, are tied to their team's accomplishments, whether that's fair or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and as an overall assessment, for example, there's only one number retired at K-State, and that's number 11 because of uh, Dickey and Grogan. And uh, they're both up there, but we don't put them among the great quarterbacks because the accomplishments weren't there. Um, when we talk great quarterbacks, we always start with Michael Bishop and Colin Klein, um, as we mm-hmm. should. And and not Dickey, who Lynn Dickey was a great K-State quarterback who beat – Nebraska and Oklahoma in the heyday of Nebraska and Oklahoma in the sixties that it just didn't happen. And he did that uh, and went on to a brilliant NFL career, but we don't talk about him amongst the greats because they weren't playing for titles. Will's playing for titles. L played for titles. Michael played for titles. Colin played for titles. And that just seems to be the ultimate measurement fair or not at Kansas state. And Brian, as someone who's been around this program a long time, um, I mean, a long time, and I remember the history very well. Uh, waiting on titles to consider greatness is unbelievable because that was unheard of back in the day. But, uh, yeah, it's going to come down to titles. I really do think that. It always does. And here's the thing about it. Everybody nowadays, the, the I guess, the, the stick or the, the, the popular thing to say is, is that, you know, winning is not a quarterback stat. And I always say you're out of your mind. I go, how can winning not be a quarterback stat? Because when you're nitpicking between the best quarterbacks of all time, it always comes down to who right. has more Super Bowls or this or that. So so if that's really the case, then yes, winning has to matter. I go, now, the difference is college football versus pro football. Because in college football, look, you can have, especially back even before I played, which was before the dinosaurs, but you know, <laughs> you can have a good quarterback and some decent players around you, and you can have a really, really good football team. That's just the way that college football is built. Can't do that in pro football. That's not, you know, guys are way too good. But in college, you can. I go, so I think fits what when people say, Oh, well, he wasn't winning anything. I think that's where people come into it and and say that is because, look, in college football, you don't have to have the best team. If you've got the best quarterback, then you can have a really good team. And if your team isn't really good, well, then how good were you? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's kind of how people actually look at it. And I'm actually in that camp. I'm in that camp because it's just like you can have a good football team and you can be a good quarterback, but if you guys don't win, well, then how good were you? And I go, and all you can put in all these other factors, and everything else can matter, and I understand all that. It's just like the old saying, hey, you can be the reason that 
your team is in the game, but that doesn't give you an excuse to lose the game. And I go, the same thing can be said for a quarterback is that, yes, all these other factors can be going against you. But you know what? The great ones say, just give me the ball and give yeah. me an opportunity to go win. And that is the difference in, in, in college football. That, and that's what we're talking about. But that, that yeah. would be the difference for me. Maybe K-State's offensive line is so good that it will actually hurt Will Howard's case. Uh, it, you know, they're going to say, well, anybody would have looked good with Cooper Beebe blocking for him. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe people will say that. I'm obviously kidding. But, no, they, they do help, right? I mean, there, there are other factors, Brian, like you said. Yes. It's just quarterback play. But, yeah, it, if you're good enough, uh, you, you can overcome those factors. Will Howard Absolutely. Has. Tim, Will Howard, 12 TD passes and – one fluky interception in the four games since that debacle at Oklahoma State. That's how a leader leads. That's how a quarterback delivers for his team. Through, you know, you know, pretty pretty rough adversity. I mean, mm. losing your job for a week, uh, having all of the, you know, outside stuff that goes with the, the Avery-Will debate and having to fight through all of that. Uh to, to 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 deal with all that, to come out the other side, and to play like the best quarterback in the Big Twelve over the last four or five weeks, uh, you know, that's that's been great. Now, is it maybe a little that Quinn Ewers has been hurt? We don't know what the deal is with Jalen Daniels. You know, it's been the pool is diluted, but still, he's still been. The best consistently through the past like four weeks. It's been really good. I agree. Uh, let's uh, before we move into the break and other topics, including those tiebreakers, including the KU game, a little taste of basketball coming up after the break. Uh, let's talk about um, this. Brian Hanley, Kansas State got non-offensive touchdowns on Saturday. Granted, they weren't special teams. Uh, they they got a short field from special teams, uh, but they got yeah. two defensive scores. That padded to that that margin of victory, but boy, K State's been doing it without. And when they did it with, it it was an awesome sight to see how good this team can play. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's the thing that's kind of been missing with this team this year is you know the 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 change, the, the quick turnover, or you know the sudden plays that we just haven't had. You know, and special teams. Look, it just hasn't been good this year. Now, we had a decent game, I guess, if you want to call it that. For what we've been, I'll give it a decent game uh, against Baylor for what we've been this season. But to be able to see the the non, uh, you know, the defensive touchdowns, you got to have that. Every team has that. Every good football team has that. You know, I don't want it to just be, oh, well, K-State needs this to be good, to compete. No, they don't. But every good team has that. K-State's a good football team. So it was good to be able to see those guys be able to cash in like that. I, mm-hmm. I, I was happy for them. Has anyone come further than Keenan Garber? I mean, that, I'm, I'm talking about in no. – not even I'm not even talking about a year ago to when he switched, but I'm talking about from six weeks nope. ago. I mean, nope. there was I'll put my hand up. There was a time earlier this season where I made the joke to Buddy. I said, "Have we considered switching Keenan Garber back to wide receiver? Put him back at wide receiver. That's because right. He's, because he was struggling, and he he's been really good the last few weeks. He would they like I know the defense had a rough start against Texas, but even the rest of that game, he was actually good. And then he gets the pick sick uh, on Saturday. So I, I've been impressed by him and a lot of the DBs and just the, the progression that they've made in a short period of time. He's well, really here's, credit. here's yeah. the thing. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. I'm gonna say it's credit to the coaching staff. I mean, yeah. every year, you know, it seems like we go through this complete reset of the secondary. Right. 
last year they they had some more palette polished guys come in and so they they clicked a lot sooner than than, than this year but right. uh the, the combination between Kleiman, Van Malone, Klanderman, all those guys working together, they, you know, they, they know how to do it. They are, they are the best at, at, at doing this kind of yeah. thing. And, and it, it was really showing these last couple of weeks. Yeah. Absolutely. The thing about Keenan Garber is, is that we saw it against Oklahoma State. Zero confidence. Didn't realize that he was maybe going to have to play. A couple guys get hurt. Coaching staff maybe didn't have him ready to play. Saw him given 10, 15 yard cushions. You don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you do, you, he is a totally different football player out there today than what he was that day. And Tim, you're right. The coaching staff, uh, th- they just work wonders, get guys' confidence up. Hey, you're at Kansas State for a reason. And we didn't recruit you because you couldn't play football. We moved you to this position. We didn't do that because you couldn't play football. Now go out there and play football. Sometimes a kid just needs to hear that. Yeah, they yeah. just need to hear that. Show him, give him a little confidence. Show him some things that he's done right. You know, because they're always going to show you some things you do wrong. Trust me, and then they're going to yell at you for it. But <laughs> show him some things that you do that he's done right. Just a little confidence, and that's all. Sometimes somebody needs to just absolutely take off. Yeah, absolutely. You're watching the insiders here on YouTube on t- uh, Twitter. X, whatever the hell it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm Fitz. That's Big B. That's uh, Little Tim E. Oh, that was good. Little Tim E. <laughs> I like it. And uh, Glenn. Right here. And we'll be back after this very short break if you're watching live. If you're not watching live, I'm sorry. This is going to be a quirk. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Insiders. I am Go Power Cat publisher Tim Fitzgerald with our football analyst at Go Power Cat, Brian Hanley, offensive lineman on the 97-98 K-State teams. Tim Everson, who is a campus legend at Kansas State University. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um don't ask why. Don't yeah, don't. Ask why, don't. No. <laughs> There's no reason to ask. Uh, and of course, Glenn Kenley, who is a legend everywhere he goes. Yeah, that's right. Mostly because he has hair. <laughs> and in this crowd, it looks really good. That's why we've got to keep Brian Gilbert off of here. He, didn't, he made me look bad by adding another guy with hair on here. I'm telling you what, Kenley, we got so many reasons <laughs> to keep Brian Gilbert off of it. <laughs> uh, boys, um, Kansas. We ended that segment with defensive touchdowns, the advantage it can give you, and that, Brian, is something Kansas has done exceptionally well this year. They've mm-hmm. had more pick sixes than uh, Glenn Mason did on the sideline with his nose. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a really old reference, and I guess it uh, – I get it. I, you know, I just brought it up, and then that other – that Terry guy did it too. I don't know. 
I do. It's childish. <laughs> Talk about the defense of KU. I mean, look, nobody's talking about the defense of KU uh, because that's not sexy. Right. Uh, but they played a good game on Saturday. Um, held Texas Tech down. I know they didn't win. Uh, there's some other circumstances to that, but uh, I, their defense is playing better. They are playing better. You know, mm-hmm. um, we just – Tech didn't really try to run it that much, though. Let's be honest. They didn't yeah. just line up and say, you know what, stop our run game. Tech didn't do that. And I thought they had opportunities to be able to do it and run the ball more than what they actually did. But give KU credit. Maybe they they took Tech out of, you know, wanting to run the ball more but by not having a ton of success. So uh, their defense is playing well. Uh, but I don't know that they have faced what K-State is going to bring at them. Well, I agree. Glenn, you've seen KU uh, quite a bit this season uh, because you cover both. Um, right. But this KU defense is different than the past ones. Oh, no doubt about it. It's uh, Their defense was a weak point certainly two years ago and probably still last year. Um, in fact, they were last year, let's just say like it is. They, they had the worst points per game in the Big 12. They're different this year. Uh, we talked about their secondary. They have some fantastic athletes in the secondary, whether that's Kobe Bryant or Melo Dotson. Kobe Bryant, that's C-O-B-E-E, by the way, uh, not the Lakers. Um, but I think they're those guys were already pretty good. The, where they've come the farthest to me is the defensive front. They got a, a Minnesota transfer in Austin Booker who probably should have been playing at Minnesota. You see him play now in the Big 12, and you say, how did this guy got not get snaps there? He's been a stud off the edge for him, and I think that's why some of those other guys have looked good um, is because um, – sorry, that's why some of the secondaries look good. Not because they're already good, but when you get pressure as well and you force quarterbacks to, to hurry or whatever, um, that changes everything. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see because I think, again, that defensive front has come a long way. I think K-State's old line is really, really good. And, you know, I, I'm, this is going to sound like coach speak, but Chris Kleiman would say it. this game is going to be won at the, at the line of scrimmage. Yep. We saw Tech just kind of give it to Josh Brooks. I, what did he have, 20 carries in, in the first half or something like that? So I don't know if K-State will do something like that and, and see if it works and go from there or what the plan of attack will be. But this is – guys, this is a different KU defense than what Wildcat fans have been used to seeing in the Sunflower Showdown. And quite frankly, this is a different Kansas team than what right. Wildcat fans have been used to seeing. Tim, I, I laid witness to what Bill Snyder did um, and the hole out of which Kansas State had to climb was much more significant for many reasons uh, than what he inherited at Kansas, which is hard for people to grasp, but it was. I mean, they didn't have any facilities. They just were non-competitive in every way. Um, and, and Lance Leipold inherited a better situation, but it was still bad. And again, yeah, they're winning more games, Um but the culture of accountability has been put in place in Lawrence mm-hmm. and he held himself accountable after the loss to Texas yeah. tech. You could see on the sidelines at the end of the game, how mad he was as it turned out at himself that they lost. Um, but he's got this thing going. And once you get a defense and self-belief, yeah. you can overcome a lot of stuff. And that includes having a third string quarterback. Yeah. I mean, K-State is shown what uh you know having a, a good hiring a good athletic director who then hires a good football coach what what that can do for a university and then travis goff and then yeah. light boulder definitely that you know they got it was more at the time i think there were there was a lot of jokes about they just need to get an adult into the room they had had so many ridiculous characters walk through the door um 
and Lawrence, but in in both positions. Right. Um, but they've they've done more than that. They they found some people that uh, really really have kind of dug deep and had this thing going. I mean, it it is crazy. And now the transfer portal, I think, is a lot of the reason why it's been as quickly. They've been able to overhaul a lot of that depth. Um, but you know, it's it's impressive. And it's any K State fan. Despite their feelings, you have to admit that that it, it truly mm-hmm. is impressive what they've done, how quickly yeah. they've done it, and it's a you know it's it's a it's a legitimate product. I mean, if they who knows where they would be right now if they were able to uh, you know stay healthy throughout the year. Who knows if they would have you know they probably still would have lost to Texas. They got just absolutely pulverized by Texas. But who knows if they would have lost their other two games if they would have had a healthy Jalen Daniels or if Jason Bean didn't get hurt last week. Um, you know, they, they very well could be sitting in, in in the driver's seat for this Big 12 conference. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy mm-hmm. You walked me right into the next topic. The quarterback situation at Kansas, honestly, is very disappointing. Um, it, not only because, you know, if you're going to have a, a your rival – uh, if you're a K-Stater looking at this game, you you want to play against the best. You don't want them right. to have a built-in excuse. But I genuinely also feel for the Kansas fans that thought this was the year. They got Jalen Daniels, who's great, and he is. Uh, and now that injury has kept him out. And Jason Bean starts playing at a level that I'm not going to say is comparable, but he was playing pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, and the good. team had bought in to Jason Daniels, which I don't think they'd ever done when he – had to play quarterback in the past. They bought in to him being their leader. And then last week he has just a really awkward tackle. Knee gets folded under him, gets hit in the head. It was a double whammy. Um, and now we're down to a, a third stringer in Ballard who played his butt off, but mm-hmm. he's still incomplete. And it's almost disappointing for both sets of fans that, that this game isn't getting what it deserves. Yeah, I mean, I think it is um... – just for the simple fact, I won't even go to the Jalen Daniels part of it because yeah. a lot of people talk about him. The guy's missed more games than he's played. Yeah, You know, Jason Bean, you're 100% correct about him. I think not only did Kansas fans buy into him, I think the team rallied around him. Yeah. Um, and they were a good football team under him. People wanted to see him play. Um, he, he played hard. He played well, but that's the key thing. He mm-hmm. played well. Um, he's a different animal uh, because he's super, super fast, just really fast. Um, but what they have going now, first of all, I think the guy's going to play better because he's going to have a week of practice with the yep. ones, and he, so he's going to play better against K-State. There is no question, no doubt in my mind that that is going to happen. You can't help but to get better. Um, having said that, um, I'm a K-State guy. I don't feel bad I, I because nobody would Part feel bad game. for us. You know what I mean? Nobody would feel bad for K-State if K-State was down to our third-string quarterback. Nobody would feel bad for us. So I don't feel bad for them either. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just just being honest. And I'll say real quick a couple of things. I was at Lance Leibold's press conference uh, two or three hours ago now. He, he used the words very optimistic <laughs> when describing Jason Bean's status. So he could still go. If not, it'll be Cole Ballard. He's a true freshman walk-on. That changes things drastically. But he said he didn't practice yesterday. He said optimistic. So Jason Bean might play this weekend. I want to just say this. 
I think we got to give Jason Bean his flowers. I, I personally don't know if he gets them enough in Lawrence. I think it's always been, oh, he'll get us by until Jalen's back. He has done more for that program. Jason Bean, we're talking about Will Howard. There's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities there in the sense that guys, Jason Bean returned for this year after Jalen Daniels went for that 550 yard game in, in the Liberty bowl. Jason Bean knew he wasn't a starter, and he could have gone and used his last year of eligibility somewhere else, but he decided to come back to Kansas, and quite frankly, at the time, it didn't make much sense. You're almost like, what? why? Don't He could start somewhere. Why wouldn't he do that? It's, it's a testament to the culture that Lance Leipold is building and the loyalty that Jason Bean has to that program and that staff, and that loyalty is paying off for him now as he gets big opportunity. I think, um, Fitz, you mentioned it. I I think both sides of this rivalry should want Jason Bean to play this Saturday because uh, I think this is going to sound overly cliche, but the state deserves uh, a game like this where both teams are healthy and both teams can can get after it because this is – when's the last time we had both teams this good in the Sunflower Showdown? I don't yeah. know. I agree. 95. Yeah, exactly. Probably. 95 when when I think KU was seventh in the nation. Was that the ranked matchup the only the yeah. only time? And yeah. we won't get it in the AP poll this week, but the college football playoff poll will come out tomorrow night. And KU was 15 in that in that one last yeah, week. So I would there. think they're still in it. Yeah. What'd you say? I, they should stay in. I, yeah, I, I would think they will be in K-State, I think, was correct. Were they, were they 25 in it? So, so they'll obviously yeah. stay in it after a win. So I guess we can call it our second ranked one if we just look at the college football playoff poll instead of the AP poll. Uh, Tim, I want to point a couple things out here. First of all, um, I hope Jason Bean plays, but he will be limited. You know, I mean, you don't, he clearly stretched that knee out pretty good. I don't think he did any damage, but boy, you'd stretch those ligaments out and, and you're a runner and cutter. You saw what happened when we tried to cut on that knee is no, we're not doing that head injury. I find a weak bounce back is pretty interesting. Uh, cause that that's kind of coded for concussion and it might've been mild because, uh, he did go back out there, and they may not have realized he had it, so maybe he does bounce back. Um, but, Tim, I want to point out that uh, KU should be thanking Kansas State for the last time they went to Lawrence because if you recall that game, two Daniel Green was a one-man wrecking crew and took out with clean hits two quarterbacks, and they had to put Jalen Daniels on the field, <laughs> and they realized, oh, whoa, this guy's incredible. Was that uh, Miles Kendrick? What, did he start that oh, game? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a name you forgot existed. Yeah. Most KU yeah. fans have. But, yeah, it's just interesting, the history here, the KU quarterbacks yeah. in this game. I hope Bean goes. He deserves to be the starting quarterback in this series. Yeah, no, I I, I do too. It'll, it'll be interesting. I – I, I, you know, at the same time, though, at the same time, and I, I've seen several KU fans talk about this. If somehow they throw Cole Ballard out there and they find a way to win, oh, yeah, that kid is gonna be, you know, that, that they're gonna throw him in the, the stupid lake with the. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine carrying the quarterback off the field and just keeping him into the lake? They might carry him off on shoulders, though. And I tell you this, Wildcat fans would not hear the end of it. Third string no. quarterback, yeah. walk on fresh freshman, uh, if he can get in. And the guys, the thing that we're that we should be talking about that we're not is regardless of the quarterback that plays, they have two elite running backs. Devin yeah. Neal and Daniel Highshaw are probably the best one-two punch in the Big Twelve. Those guys are really. We've known about Devin Neal for a long time. I think high shot, the ceiling might be even higher. He has the ability to just run dudes over, and he'll make – if Gate State's – if they 
struggle to tackle even a little bit. He'll make you miss or he'll, he'll, he'll shed you off pretty quick. So regardless of the quarterback that plays, you better figure out a way to slow those two guys down. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, on to the next topic, <clears throat> and that is uh, the Big 12 tiebreakers. And multiple people have looked at this, and now other reporters have confirmed this information to be true. Um, I, I'm told that the Big 12 met this morning. They obviously didn't put anything out publicly, but maybe they clarified behind the doors what's going on here. Apparently, real quick, Sitz, yeah. apparently they, they are. We, we asked about this this morning, and they, they will be releasing something. Okay, so, so we, we just have it. Um, as of now, which is what two twelve on Monday afternoon when we're recording this. Um, boy, my clock hasn't been moved back yet. I'm so proud of myself for getting that right. <laughs> um, that if there is now that the Big Twelve has uh, no longer a round robin and you have teams that you don't play, if there is a three or four way tie, three or more tie at the top and not everyone plays each other in a round-robin cycle, you can't use the round-robin. You move on to the next criteria, which is the highest-seeded team, you know, the highest-ranked team in the standings that you all played. Apparently, that is advantage Kansas State. If they, if these three teams went out, that's the big if here, uh, if they all went out. And we saw last week that chaos can take place at any moment. This is one of the most astonishing things, and Brian, I'm glad to. He- I'm so eager to hear your thoughts. But uh, Oklahoma State beat both Oklahoma and Kansas State, and uh, because Oklahoma and Kansas State didn't play, they don't count the round robin. The round robin's not considered. But if Oklahoma and Kansas State had played, it doesn't matter the outcome of the game. <laughs> Oklahoma State wins the tiebreaker. But Oklahoma State, apparently in this scenario without using the round robin, doesn't win the tiebreaker. As of this day, both teams, all three teams went out. Kansas State wins that tiebreaker. There's another game in there that plays into it. But, um, Brian, this is so stupid. It's unbelievable. But this is the same thing in 1998. The Big 12 had bowl selection rules. Kansas State ends the damn season, not ranked third in the in the conference bowl pecking order third in the damn bcs poll barely out of the national championship and they let the bowls all pick because that was the rules boom 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 k-state ends up playing in the fifth place bowl the alamo bowl and how how are you guys going to care about that at that point but um you were part of a, a screw job that took place because the big 12 had bad rules but they followed them they didn't change them to fix the problem. I'm going to be offended if they change this to fix a problem in midstream. Absolutely. And you got there before I could get there because, like I said, it, first of all, we were the third-ranked team in the country and lost out on tiny percentage points to get in the national championship game, which was BS to begin with because that would never even happen today because a team that with the same record – you lose to a five and six team that didn't even qualify for a bowl versus another team that lost to the number nine team in the country in double overtime in their conference championship game. And you're picking between those two to go to the national title. Well, we know what would happen today. Well, that didn't happen back then. So that's number one. But number two is how in the world does play on the field not matter? Because that's literally what they're telling Oklahoma State is, yeah, you beat OU, you beat K-State, doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter that you beat them mm-hmm. uh, because the two teams that you beat because they didn't play, it doesn't matter. I just I don't see how anybody could get there and how that's even logical. But I am one thousand percent behind you on this, Fitz. If they change the rules, the bad rules, yeah, now mid-season. Mid-season. just to do it to 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 save face, then it's I, I mean I'll be infuriated because. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make any sense. If you knew what was going on, just make smart rules to begin with. Yeah. But that's not what they thought was going to happen. They tried to take the easy road and, oh, this will never happen. Well, it, I mean, any college player system or college season will tell you chaos is here. Chaos yeah. happens. It always happens. So you have to plan for it. And they didn't plan for it. And it's interesting because really what, what they should have had in there was an asterisk that if it's a three-way tie, it goes to the next your your winning percentage or record against the next best team, unless someone in the three-way tie has beaten the other two. And that should be in there, but I'm with you guys. You can't add it mid-season. That that's no. crazy. At that point, you're saying, Well, this would be kind of unfortunate for this team, so we better change the rules. That would be crazy. Also, we gotta take into account that if this happens, we will get one of the most epic Mike Gundy rants of all time. It could be oh, extraordinary. Yes. I think they should not change the rule just to make sure that we get that. <laughs> I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Tim, your thoughts? Yeah, well, and, and and the thing is, that's not even the craziest scenario. There's an even crazier scenario that involves Texas losing right. either to Iowa State or Tech, and then suddenly there's a four-way tie <sighs> for first place, and that has to be all sorted out. Um, I actually started writing something about this last night and I got about 450 words in and it was, it was going real well. And then I started to see like multiple, multiple sites had, uh, contradicting information. Mm-hmm. The Oklahoman was like, was talking about what you guys were talking about, that the, uh, Oklahoma state winning, wouldn't wouldn't be honored in a three-way tie or another site said that it would and so the the way that the rules are written uh i'm 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 very glad i hope that 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 clarification comes out sometime today because uh they are written almost like a riddle and if you (laughs) if you like get down to yeah and then it gets and then it gets ridiculous at the bottom and then it gets ridiculous (laughs) when you bring in the the third party ranking system that no one uses for anything and then finally a coin toss but i I doubt we get there but just (laughs) going from like picking the highest ranked team in the list and then if it's a four-way tie if you get rid of one of those teams or if one of them separates itself as the first place team do you start that again do you do the cumulative of the if 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 the three teams have played two common opponents that have the same record do you do the cumulative win loss total between the two it's just it's it yep. it made my brain hurt last night i know i know <laughs> it's it, confusing um i i learned something from this whole situation i i'm not as smart as ai <laughs> I know it's shocking, um, but you need AI to sort out exactly what they meant from these damn rules. But what we learned this last weekend, and we all know, in the Big 12, chaos is the norm. Oh, yeah. And Oklahoma State goes off to UCF. I bet my mortgage. Um, I haven't told my wife yet. About, on Oklahoma State? Yeah, on Oklahoma State. So it's I. the best running back in the conference against the worst running defense. So, yeah. Oh, naturally. The the uh, 
the Citronauts was what they played as, which is their old mascot, and God go back to it because that's badass. Um, <laughs> they win forty-five to three. Yeah, I think it was double overtime. I'm not sure. I don't have that in front of me, but forty-five to three. <laughs> they really had a good overtime. Um, so Oklahoma State goes to Houston this weekend. I would like to say they win that game, but I can't say that safely now. Yeah. Um, and then they wrap up their season. Uh, with BYU coming in and and BYU is such a factor here because they play host to Oklahoma this weekend um, out in Provo if they could play quality football for one weekend the rest of the Big 12 would appreciate it uh, because they 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 too look stinky last week um, and then uh, TCU uh, goes to Norman to end the season on the Friday after Thanksgiving K-State's got to take care of us they've got to play a really good KU team in Lawrence quarterback be damned this is a team that can beat you with that defense and and their special teams has been impactful too and then they've got iowa state coming into manhattan to close the season i don't think iowa state's that good but they keep winning some games you don't think they're that, that was an emphatic win in provo um but are we brian are we all just sweating the details here when let's play the damn games and then figure it out <laughs> just win baby <laughs> i think we are a little bit just for the simple fact that we all love the chaos that will come. We just got to let it come. And right. then things will play out because usually the chaos and the things that we are worried about, it never happens. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. ever have to worry because the play on the field, it will get decided. Right. So let's just get to the, the football game. Let's just get the games here and then see what happens because two or three teams that we don't think are going to lose – are going to right. lose this right. weekend. That is going to happen. One of them is not going to be K State, though. Dag Nabbit. It's not going to be <laughs> K State, but it is going to happen. And you know, it's just the nature of college football. It's why we love it. It's literally why we love it and because I, it's so unpredictable. And I wanted to add, Brian, and not to dig back into the weeds here, but the worst case scenario for K State is if they tie for that second spot with only Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. It's it's a Correct. weird thing where if K State ties with Oklahoma, Oklahoma has a tiebreaker. If they tie with Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State is a tiebreaker. But if they tie with both of them, K-State gets in. It's super worth Say yeah. Oklahoma this weekend, K-State and, o- and Oklahoma State both went out. The the Cowboys are in. And Oklahoma would have the solo tiebreaker because they beat Texas. So K-State needs yep. either yeah, – I don't know what they need, man. That's... If they need both of them to lose. They, they need uh, to win. Yeah, K-State <laughs> just needs to win out. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. That, again, <laughs> control what you can control. That's just a good motto for life. Um, if you're curious, Texas does have a challenge this week. In you know mid to late November, they're going to Ames, Iowa to play a night game. Tim Everson, that's not fun. I mean, it, particularly for a team from Texas. This, this is going to be interesting. They have played it close the last two weeks. TCU almost came back and beat him after K-State almost came back to beat him. Now they got to go to Iowa State. And then they're going to play host to a Texas Tech team that just get, got some confidence and yeah. loves playing well against Texas. I think Texas has the hardest road in the final two weeks of any of these four teams we're talking about. Yeah, going going to Ames and, and, and at night in late November, that's that can get real not fun yeah. real fast. I mean, especially when they're good. And especially when your star running back is yeah, out, for the year. which we, you know, they, they got guys, they, they got guys behind him. You know, they, 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 they grow running backs like that down there, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Ewers looked better in the first half against TCU. I don't know. He's still 
was kind of mediocre. Still yeah, doesn't seem like great. he's hundred percent healthy. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I would be, I would be scared. I would be terrified. Uh, that yeah. bridge, the light emanating off of the bridge, would be. Uh, that's terrifying. The, if the bridge is a game changer. There's no <laughs> doubt. I thought, I thought you were using a weird analogy there for no. a second, and then I realized you were just literally talking about the bridge. I mean, <laughs> think about it. A bridge just defies the rules of gravity. I mean, you can walk above yeah. the road. It, yeah. You know, and that sums up Iowa State football. They just defy the rules. Hey, uh, I want to apologize to everyone that's watching and 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 adding comments over here. We're not going to get to your questions. We're this has been a great show. We've got a lot of great topics, but I do have one thing I need to ask before we wrap this up. Uh, K-State basketball is one and one. They play tonight at Bramlage Coliseum, South Dakota State. Guys, I fear this will be a game K-State loses. This is a good South Dakota State team. Mm-hmm. And, and fellas, K-State is nowhere near a finished product right now. Mm-hmm. They still got pieces to – the pieces they are playing need to be put together – um, they need to buy in more. They need to play defense better. They need to just kind of be more fluid on offense. But they're still awaiting Naquan Tomlin. We might see resolution to that this week. I don't know. I Hearing rumblings, we'll find out. And, of course, they've got Quez Glover also sidelined. So they're missing key ingredients. Tim, are you worried about this game against the Jackrabbits, which is a kick-ass? Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> it is. It the is. Jackrabbits. It is one. Rabbits. Jackrabbits. Um, yeah. No, it's it's uh it is a sneaky, sneaky tough game uh for a team that is still uh trying to kind of define everyone's role, trying to get get things kind of up and rolling. It's uh, you know, they they handled uh Bellarmine fine fine yeah <laughs> like mm. it was it was they shot a lot better but defense yeah. is still not great um they're they're, they're going to be tested i mean this is this is good this is it honestly it's a, it's it's a good game to kind of see exactly where things are at cuz they're not going to have the crazy high level talent right that usc had uh, but this is still their their veteran team. They can score. They can play defense. I mean, it, it will be a good test for them going into uh, this tournament, in the Bahamas that they have later in the week. It is the Bahamas, right? Yes. Okay. Our Ryan Gilbert will be there. Lucky son of a. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, Brian, your thoughts on this K State basketball team and where they're at right now? I'm just kind of in the camp of. Look, we saw what Jerome Tang did from start to, you know, the end of December last year. It was amazing progress. Just give it some time. Yeah, I I think the same thing. Just give it a little time, putting pieces together. Uh, The one thing about college basketball that differs from college football, you don't have to be a finished product. A loss here, a loss here, there early isn't going to kill you. It usually makes you better. Um, The one thing that K-State fans should keep in mind, I know a lot of people don't know, you know, Bellarmine is a they're not a great basketball team, but it, it's a good basketball program. They're right. up and coming. Uh, they should have made the tournament a couple years ago because uh, they won their conference tournament. But the NCA, in their ultimate wisdom, has one of the more idiotic rules that I've ever heard of that you have to sit out five seasons from moving up from division two moving to up. division one. That's so weird. I, I, I've never I mean, I've heard of it. But what sense that makes, well, you got to get used to playing. Yeah, we won our conference, 
I go, that, well, sure. wasn't in that used to play, <laughs> but, uh, but whatever. But I know Scotty Davenport personally. Uh, I coached or I played against him when I was in high school because uh, Bellarmine's in Louisville, which is where I'm from. So good team. That, that's a good win. I'm not saying they're world beaters, but they're well coached. They are a well-coached basketball team. They can shoot. They move the ball around. So while it's not a uh, one of those wins that you're going to look back on and think, oh, man, we, we beat Bellarmine. It's a good team-building win because they had to play a little defense to be able to win that game, mm-hmm. make some shots, because Bellarmine is going to make you do those things to beat them. So um, I, I think the team is is fine. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, Fitz. Scary game coming up tonight. Um, South Dakota State's good. Veteran team. You know how that always goes. They're big, got some size, can shoot it. Um, we just have to be the more physical and the more athletic team. Yeah. If we do that – we can win. I wouldn't, if I'm K-State fans, don't expect us to go win by 20 points. If we win, five points. I, I think the game comes down to the wire, uh, but it's one of those games that we're, we're going to have to grind it out, but be what we are. If we're more athletic than them, go be more athletic. Yeah. If we're more physical, then go be more physical. Don't play their game, play your yeah. game. That's how a lot of teams, you know what I'm talking about, Glenn? That's how a lot of teams get beat For sure. in these scenarios is, they go and play like the other team wants you to play. Think, well, we'll just play their way and go win. You're not going to do that against South Dakota State. You're just not no, going to do that. Definitely. Glenn, he said physical and athletic, and I immediately thought of you. <laughs> um, Kansas State basketball. Um, it is going to be interesting tonight. This weekend in the Bahamas will be interesting. Yeah. Um, but as Brian said, at the end of the day, this week doesn't mean much. I mean, yeah. if you get out, if you get on track and start winning Big Twelve games, you're going to be fine. Getting on track is is the goal. You said it. Uh, yeah. This is a typical case of of what you probably expect this time of year, which is a team finding its identity. We talked all last yeah. year about how Case they only had two scholarship players returning. They have a few more than two this year, but it's still a a very different looking roster when you bring in a guy like Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma, and you lose Tom. This I don't think. We know what this team is right now or what – I don't know if they know what it looks like, what they want it to look like when they're playing their best. Is that Kaluma running the show? Is that Perry knocking down threes everywhere? I think Cam Carter might be sneakily maybe their best player this year yeah. by the time everything is said and done. So we got to – this team needs to find this identity. I think tonight can either be a – it could be a big step towards that if they can figure out, okay, who's our go-to guy? We need a bucket. Who are we getting the ball to? That, that was the nice thing about last year. You could say they weren't deep enough, but it, it was like, okay, we need one. Give it to Marquise or give it to Keontae or give it to Marquise to give to Keontae. And uh, it was nice to have that go-to. It's similar in football with, with Deuce Vaughn. It's like, okay, when it when in doubt, give 22 the, the ball. They almost, I think, kind of need that go-to. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have depth. It's great to be able to spread the love around and have everybody contribute and keep the defense on their toes. But I would love to see somebody step up, whoever that is, and say – hey, uh, I'm the leader of this team, and, uh, you know, push comes to shove, I'm going to get it done. Every good team has that, though. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Every good team has a guy that they can give the ball to, and it doesn't mean they they come through 100% of the time, but every good basketball team has a guy Mm -hmm. that you say, you know what, number one, we're going to listen to what he has to say, even if that means he's just getting the pieces where they need to be. But number two, we can give the guy the basketball, and he can get a shot get us a basket, at least make the right play. And these are the types of games to figure those things out. I think it's great. 
Yep. Well, I, what I'm hearing you say is they need someone five foot eight or less uh, to be a star because <laughs> uh, the little guys at K-State, Glenn Kenley, I'm telling I'll you. I'll be there tonight, and um, I'm just saying I, wow. I would be happy to suit up if they wanted me to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Once I once I shot one from eleven from the free throw line in intramurals in college. Yeah, that sounds like Arthur Kaluma in Las Vegas. <laughs> Come on! Uh, wow, wow, what a shot to end this episode of the Insiders, <laughs> guys. You are fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm glad we stayed on the air. As far as I know, we stayed on the air the entire show this week. We appreciate everyone watching. Make sure you're following along at GoPowerCat.com. We've got so much more coming up. It is the uh, Abolition Bowl week. I'm not never sunflower showdown to give it up, folks. No, we're not doing it. Dylan's can pay for it. I'm giving you this for free. Abolition Bowl on Saturday night at uh, Booth Memorial Stadium there in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. K-State, KU, we'll have a pregame show. We'll have a Friday walkthrough. We'll have a regular podcast. It's all coming at Go Powercat. Come check us out. We appreciate you watching. And that is the end of this week's show. Everyone. Go take a nice rest. I'm going to go cough. That's my big thing. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.